All right, and we are recording. So, hi, and let's see. Welcome to episode number seven of DLC Teach or Tech, excuse me, Learn Coffee. I'm your host, along with Nancy Minicozzi, um, Lisa Nowakowski, and I'm a fifth grade teacher in South Monterey County. And I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an EdTech coach in Northwest LA County. So remember, um, just for a reminder for those of you who are watching and listening, uh, the focus of our podcast is that we want this to be accessible for you. And, you know, so we schedule it so it's short. It's a video format. Um, we also have a question section. Go ahead to our website, tlc.ninja, and ask us any question that you'd like. Um, if you have any idea of people who you would like to have on and listen to, please let us know, and we'll be happy to get in contact with them. Uh, this is personalized mobile PD. So this means this is for you, what you want. So you choose the focus and you get to choose where you listen to it since it's also a podcast. Um, we like to have normal guests, although we do today have on the wonderful Ed Campos Jr. Um, and we also like to have a lot of um, not well-known people because sometimes tech can be really intimidating to people. So we like to have people come in, you know, and twit, twit, ugh, Twitter and tweet chats can be really intimidating for those newbies out there. So we want people to see us. You can do innovative things in your classroom. Um, and we don't want it to be intimidating or confusing um, for anybody. Nancy, our coffee portion. So for our coffee portion today, I'm going to talk. Did you know that there have been several attempts throughout history to ban coffee and the consumption of coffee? So including Mecca and Italy in the 16th century, the clergy there felt that coffee was satanic, but uh, Pope Clement VIII loved it and said it should be baptized, which led to the growth of coffee houses all over Europe. Um, other attempts to ban it took place in Constantinople, Sweden, and Prussia, where in 1777, Frederick the Great, uh, who was the ruler at the time, said that beer was a far superior beverage to have at breakfast. So, you know, that's Prussia for you. Well, you know, he did have a little bit of a point on that one. Uh, so tonight... <laughs> As I've already said, we have Ed Campos, the great Ed Campos, today with us. He is a math teacher and a rock star extraordinaire. So, Ed, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah. Where you are, your position, what you do, good things like that. For sure, for sure. My name is Ed uh, Campos. I teach high school math and computer science in Central Valley. Uh, currently, I was just at Visel in Visalia. I still live in Visalia um, at an independent study high school that's where i was working and i'll be moving to arosi high school which is about 25 minutes north of visalia so i i uh, will be moving personally but just within the same city of visalia uh, to a really cool high school very uh progressive uh progressive uh, high school in a small uh district a very progressive district with a big a commitment to computer science, which is really exciting because they already have an established uh, high school computer science program and they're looking to build a um, K-12 program. So I'm uh, coming in to help uh, build that with their current computer science uh, teacher for the high school. Uh, so we're gonna start um, offering seventh uh, and eighth grade computer science next year and then work backwards. Uh, it's really awesome. And I'm gonna be helping to integrate uh, computer science with some of the math classes that I teach uh, with also working with the same uh, computer science slash math teacher that's there. So some really cool stuff going on. Um, for me, a lot of changes, but a lot of fun changes, so. That sounds awesome. 
Um, so you like to do things with like bootstrap math and scratch. So can you talk a little bit maybe about uh, bootstrap math and what grades it's for and, and how you got started in that and how other people can get started? And what it yeah. is, because I think a lot of people might not know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, uh, um, I'll drop a link here in, uh, in the blab. If that goes, I've never done this before. This is only my second blab, but this is very exciting. That's awesome. Oh, that didn't work. Uh, but Bootstrap is uh, it's oh, that worked. algebraic uh, video game programming. Uh, so students uh, code uh, a simple video game using algebra um, and actually writing code. So it's a great um, it's a great chance, uh, in my opinion, to to for that change to move beyond Blockly. So if you get your students used to uh, coding in block-based code like Scratch. Uh, using the Tickle app, um, any of those block-based base codes where you're dragging uh, blocks of code um, and they're ready to kind of enter into actually typing out the code, um, writing lines of code with syntax. Bootstrap, I think, is a great transition to that. Um, and it's it's really built to be a transition uh, towards recruiting math teachers who have no background in computer science but want to teach coding. So it's kind of a, a great transition for the teacher, the student, um, and then uh, Bootstrap 2 takes it into uh, hardcore, um, more advanced, straight up coding. Uh, but where Bootstrap 1 is really, um, it's really a lot of algebra. It's like, uh, I tell people, it's like tricking kids into eating their vegetables because uh, they're, <laughs> they're learning algebra as they're coding. So as they're, as they're going along, they're like, oh, this is kind of like math, right? This is kind of like algebra. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like algebra. Kind of like. So what grades is it for, Ed? Um, it's really cool. It's a it's a free curriculum. Uh, it can be taught as early as fifth grade. Uh, so bootstrap uh, fifth and sixth grade. It can be taught, um, and really, it's meant to be a middle school class. Seventh and eighth grade is ideal. Uh, but I teach high school, and I've taught it in ninth and tenth um, as kind of an intervention. Uh, you know, um, you know, a refreshing algebra skills class, but also that it's definitely a carrot. You know, it's not like your typical math class because the carrot is that the kids are creating a, a video game so they really don't notice that they're learning the math and the algebra behind uh, behind the whole the progress and, and the project so but it's it has been taught at fifth and sixth grade it's pretty awesome when it's taught at a fifth and sixth grade level because you know i teach fifth grade so now i'm all intrigued mm -hmm. um is it more for advanced does it align with the common core math standards in fifth grade or is it really aligning more towards you know the upper seventh eighth grade and so on um common core it, standards do you know um, it just, I can send you a list of the standards, but it really hits, uh, I'm not sure how many, uh, functional standards you, you cover in fifth grade, but, uh, there's definitely order of operations. There's, uh, inequalities that are covered, uh, compound inequalities, which you may cover fifth, sixth, seventh, maybe, um, not in fifth, not in fifth, but, um, uh, it's, it's definitely an early exposure. Okay. Uh, but I, I, I don't think it would be over kids' heads. I think that, I mean, I've actually really, I mean, I've seen videos of kids that are that age, uh, you know, just really taking to it. Um, and that's pretty exciting, uh, especially because they don't know that it's math. So. All right. I may have to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what are some of the differences that you've been a math teacher for a while? So what are some of the differences that you've seen that this bootstrap has made uh, within your classroom from before you used it to, you know, the impact that it has on your classroom now that you do use it? 
Um, well, I've been pretty fortunate because I've worked in an environment where I can I teach it as a standalone class, uh, bootstrap as a, and they get elective credit, or I have taught it uh, for elective credit, but I've also integrated pieces of it into my integrated math classes. So I, when I do Pythagorean theorem or distance formula, I have them play the game. I, I don't necessarily teach them to code, but I'm using the algebra behind the video game to reinforce Pythagorean theorem and distance formula, which is a way cooler way of learning that than just throwing a squared plus b squared c squared at them, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, they get a little more buy-in. Uh, so I've seen that. I've, I've seen the students who've been in my bootstrap class do better in my algebra class. I mean, the, the guy who created bootstrap, he has his PhD in algebra education from Harvard and his thesis was bootstrap. And uh, the goal was to show that you can improve um, your algebraic, uh, your knowledge of algebra through coding. And so his pre-test and post-test are straight math. There's no coding in the pre and post-test. Um, and his thesis, you know, he, he graduated from Harvard, so I think. He's got and a they, little say. And they passed <laughs> him, so he did okay. And they, and they, and they passed him, yeah. So um, it's really cool because you see it's just, con it's conceptual. It's very common core, probably the most common, yeah. complete common core math curriculum I've seen, I'll be honest. And that's, um, when I first saw it, I was like, whoa, this is it. This is 21st century skills. These are all the math practices. This is um, not just snake oil, you know, not just some textbook with the Common Core math sticker and a couple more word problems thrown in the book, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, it seems it's an actual authentic task that they're doing. I mean, those kids are making a video game. I yeah. played some of the ones that Ed shared at a conference. Uh, some of the games that his kids had created and they were great. And it sounds, and they are learning from that and then clearly taking it on to, or taking it into their math classes, which as you said, is straight common core of oh, just yeah. transferring it. That's awesome. And, it, and it's not just, I mean, there's like the math practices are prevalent. They are saturated throughout this curriculum. Um, but there's content too, because it covers you're learning so much about functions. You're you're con uh, building a more conceptual understanding of functions, domain, range, your variables, um, you know, inputs and outputs that come out with that. There's so much things that are going on that translate that just the conceptual knowledge, which is what Common Core is about, right? We're not teaching. We're moving away from that procedure and that right. routine and that just computation to let's understand the concept and then we can apply that um, in any context. You're taking that concept from coding and then you can be more successful in algebra. So let me ask, um, have you encountered any difficulties with uh, using Bootstrap and what advice would you give to others so that they maybe don't, in, don't run into those same issues? Or advice also for newbies who want to get started? Yeah. Oh, it's, there's, um, let me talk about the, the difficulties at first. The, the difficulties are attendance um, because Bootstrap is uh, pair programming. It's a two to one device curriculum. So they recommend two students per Chromebook and it runs on a Chromebook, which is a huge bonus. Um, so two students per one Chromebook so that you get way better discussion. Uh, you have kids uh, collaborating, uh, you know, critiquing each other's reasoning, all, all of those uh, math practices. And um, when you don't have the kids show up when they have poor attendance, that's really difficult. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and then you don't have that consistency. So you have to be there for your partners. Um, I taught it at an independent study high school where I met once a week for two hours. That's tough. 
but I, I did it because kids lose so much. You're teaching very new concepts within the two hours, and then you don't see them for a week. And they and, and then I got to spend the first hour, re for first forty five minutes reteaching. You know that that last part, and then uh, going forward. So that's tough. It's really it's awesome if you can knock it out in like a after school program. Uh, but I'm looking forward to teaching it at least every other day. I'm uh, the new high school. I'm going to be teaching it at. Um, I'm going to have like two or three times a week. I'm going to be seeing my kids, so I'm really excited about that. Just them being able to maintain, uh, you know, and hold some of that knowledge there. Uh, that's that's probably the only um, difficulty I've had is the attendance. Because then I think I had such poor attendance one time where I had to move where every kid just creates their game, which sounds good, but you don't get that conversation. You don't get that that collaboration and and you know that that shared thinking and, and uh, working through processes. So it's not just about having a kid. One to one, I think, is sometimes overrated to start off with. I agree. I agree. You know, you have to build up a level of maturity for kids to to use and and adults to use a, a one to one <laughs> more effectively. So okay. we're running short on time. We have about two minutes left. And I love the idea of having it as an after school program. That's a great way to get it started. Um, mm -hmm. So you also use Scratch in your classroom. Is that correct? Yeah. I um, I have used a little bit. I, I want to talk about the last one. You said, um, how would people get started right now? Is a great oh, yeah. time. Right now is a great time to get started because uh, a, few, a lot of people who've been to my sessions recently, um, the creator of uh, Bootstrap, he, they're getting a lot of funding coming through with the White House Initiative, uh, CS for All. And so a lot of people who's just created donors choose pages to attend these trainings are getting them fully funded. So right now, if you want to attend wow. a bootstrap training and they're like $450, um, email me or tweet me. And there's a very good chance that you could get your training like $500 uh, fully funded from donors choose, but just uh, message me about that. So it's a good time. Oh, that's, oh, that's great. Terrific. Thank yeah. you. Is, is there anything else you'd like to add as we close down here? Um, no, there's, well, there's another good resources. And I know that we didn't get to talk much about the scratch, but I want to share uh, there's a lot of cool stuff that me and the computer science teacher uh, that I'm looking forward to working with him on. And I'm going to drop this link in here. And it's a, there's a, a, a Twitter account called the Global Math Department. And they, they had a whole hour-long uh, PD session on coding in the math class. And they use Scratch to teach uh, a lot of coordinates and different things like that. So I just dropped the link there. And that's some of yeah. the stuff. I haven't started diving into it, but that's something I'm going to be diving into this summer with uh, with my colleague to integrate some of those scratch concepts into the math class. And I'm sure you could use that as early as, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth as well, because that's what we're trying to yeah. do, too, is bring it on uh, down as early as we can. I had a student last year who got into scratch and was um, creating um, um, uh, like slideshows and things like that and, and presentations based on scratch. He figured it all out. Oh, so yeah. yeah, it's definitely accessible to the younger kids. All right, so we are we are out of time officially. Wow. So, wow, right, that was my time. <laughs> All right, let me. Um, I'm going to pause recording. So.